Good evening, everyone. My friends, um, going into my uh, homily, I'd like to uh, first uh, use a psalm from the book of Psalms, Psalm 130, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Out of the depths I call to you, Lord. Lord, hear my cry. May your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, keep account of sins, Lord, who can stand before you? But with you is forgiveness, and so you are revered because of it. Friends, our first reading uh, lets us know from the Book of Wisdom, God has both the knowledge and the power uh, to root out uh, evil that is done, uh, if he so desires. But this reading talks about his leniency and how we ought to imitate him in his patience. And um, our second reading is kind of dis disjuncted from the first reading in gospel, as it is typically uh, with St. Paul. The Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we cannot find the words to express what is in our minds. And uh, my friends, Christ's parable originally addressed the problem of sinners in the kingdom of heaven. Um, the Pharisees believed that the kingdom was for saints only, and sinners, therefore, should be ruthlessly destroyed. But Christ did not agree with this, as the parable tells us. The main point of the parable is clear. Up to the last judgment, the kingdom will be mixed uh, with those who put forth good and those who do bad things. And uh, later the parable would be applied to the problem of sinners in the church. And uh, like the kingdom, the church is also a mixed bag of things. And uh, it, must not, um, it must not play God by trying to purify itself completely um, through purges and inquisitions as in the past times. And... Um, the definitive separation must be left uh, to God. And uh, in the meantime, the church, uh, we must be patient. And um, it, the church must preach repentance and practice leniency and mercy um, as an expression not of weakness but of strength. As the psalm tells us, uh, God is revered. And by that word revered in the psalm means he is, uh, we would come to know those who see his mercy, experience it, come to know him and uh, thus revere him and thus love him because of it. My friends, the parable um, is, is very well known. And one of the things about uh, today uh, that we find, knowing that you know, when the first reading talks about God's patience and then Jesus kind of puts it forth too, uh, is that uh, impatience, the opposite, uh, is a very serious thing. Uh, and uh, today, in our time, folks get uh, agitated simply by waiting, <laughs> waiting in long lines. And before a pandemic, uh, folks would get really irritated by the hours of traffic that they had to suffer. I know because I hear confessions. <laughs> so I know what's on the m mind of the people <laughs> because I hear it there. And... Uh, uh, now it's long lines and long wait times uh, getting medical tests and their results. And uh, 
in Mercy did folks get irritated when uh, Amazon deliveries and other types of shipments were delayed because of the pandemic. I heard about that in the confessional. My friends, then, uh, it makes me wonder, in many ways we have been conditioned by culture uh, that demands speed and prompt, to be prompt. And uh, everything is wanted yesterday. I ordered that, why hasn't it arrived already? And um, I know when I was at the grocery store, I went to the grocery store for the first time in a bit, and uh, uh, one of the things I picked up and noticed when I came in and I got out very quickly was there seemed to be a lot of tension in the store. Not any one particular one, and it was everybody. And uh, I hadn't been in, and I could, it was like in the air. I walked in, and I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I'm like, this is terrible. I need to get out of here. You know, of course, and then I was telling the folks, uh, people weren't <laughs> following the arrows in the grocery store. Not that we need to anymore. Everyone's wearing masks now, right? So I don't know that you really need to wear them or be worried about. And I thought, Lord, have mercy. Don't anybody say anything about the arrow on the ground and the grocery carts going the wrong way. And uh, um, I looked down and I was like, oh, the grocery. In my head, I'm thinking the grocery cart's going this way, you know. I'm like, you know, just get your stuff and get out. You know, and then I saw this wonderful couple. Hi, how are you? They were just talking to everybody, and on his hip is his gun. Yeah. And I thought, okay, Father needs to get out of here. <laughs> and, of course, I go shopping late at night uh, for several reasons, uh, none of which belong at the Ambo. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But it was about 10 p.m., and they had one cashier, and the line was getting longer and longer, and to the point where the safe distancing balloons that they put on it wasn't there anymore. So uh, I heard people, well, how am I supposed to know where I'm supposed to stand? And then you could just feel it. And then around came the couple, the gentleman who had the gun on his hip, and it quieted down. <laughs> Things have mercy. They need to open up another before there's trouble in this place. Uh, but it gets at this idea where we need to, uh, I mean, I understand for safety, but I mean, people just get, oh, uh, they have to wait. And um, our culture has done this to us uh, because it has enculturated us to believe that this is the way it should be. And my friends, uh, one of the things I got to watch was the counter where people were getting their instant lottery tickets. <laughs> I want, I want my money. I want, you know, see? That's what I mean. It's kind of ingrained into us. And, uh, of course, uh, I didn't have any in my cart at the time, but frozen meals, you put it in the microwave and it's ready, dinner's ready in two minutes, two and a half. Unless it happens to be the meatball one. And the meatballs take five minutes, which is just, ah. Uh, unheard of to wait five minutes, right? You see, you guys are laughing because you already know. I'm pointing it out to you. I'm putting the mirror to you and saying, see, you know, you laugh because you, could, you know it. Industry has invented all types of time-saving devices, and yet folks are more stressed out even more now uh, having all of them. And uh, saving time is wonderful if it frees us to be more human. 
in our interactions with one another and if it allows more time for personal enrichment. I had to laugh because even in the midst of, the, of this pandemic, the news informed the TV audience that Nathan's annual hot dog eating contest would go on as scheduled. And this was applauded. Uh, and it's a contest where people eat as many hot dogs and as fast as they can, which is kind of disgusting. <laughs> Without any consideration of what that does to their health. Uh, and uh, just, what, I'm, what am I doing? Father, why are you telling us these things? Because I want you to see how it is enculturated into us. Why on earth would you want to eat all those hot dogs in 15 minutes only to get a trophy that says I ate 20 pounds of hot dogs in less than 20 minutes? I don't get it. <laughs> the parable we heard, um, the householder's servants ask him, should we go out? And in the Greek, Go out means now. So the servants said, should we run out there and get those weeds and get them? See, no patience. The landowner and the homeowner says, no, no, no. Slow down, wait. Wait till harvest time. Then we will pull them up. The house and landowner does not encourage a quick response to the evil that the enemy has done. What is our Lord teaching us then in this parable? Certainly it speaks of a different attitude that God has from our own. And uh, God takes his time with us and um, he is patient with the evil that humanity, humanity sometimes does. And I was asked once why. And the reason why is because God's judgment is final and it lasts for eternity. And there's no going back. When he makes his judgment, it's done. So our Heavenly Father shows great restraint and great patience and great mercy and great love for us by not doing it so quickly. You and I would probably want something different. Almost like me, I went to the grocery store. I couldn't get out there fast enough. <laughs> but perhaps I should have slowed down. Perhaps that was my, t my turn. No, I didn't have my collar on. It was 10 p.m. I was in my jeans. Most people don't even know, except for the grocery, the woman. Hi, Reverend. <laughs> Haven't seen you in a while getting your popcorn, I see. <laughs> how do you remember? I was like, how do you remember these things? Uh, God takes his time with us. The first reading speaks about how God judges with clemency and governs us with leniency. Our Lord is telling us that God is patient with us, uh, waiting for us to change. In deep reflection, Jesus is putting forth a rebuke to those who are quick to judge and to condemn and to punish. I think he is saying that a quick response is not necessarily the correct one. But our culture tells us that to delay a response to some mistreatment, 
uh, can be on react to mistreatment with violence. And uh, we have very many complicated things happening in our country, uh, but evil begets evil. Violence begets violence. It never corrects. It never causes a change that people want. So it's heartbreaking to see the protesters who are, in this case, the wheat. But then the weeds come, the violent ones, to destroy and to harm and to damage and to put forth even more violence. Yes, we live in complicated times, but Jesus, our Lord, told us, you do not return evil with evil. You do not return violence with violence. He says, you return evil when it's done to you with love. In this, we see how different God's attitude is. The scriptures tell us that God is slow to anger and rich in compassion. God's attitude towards evil in the world is one of waiting, certainly not to react in some wicked way. And as our first reading tells us, he has the power to do so. Of course, there are some instances, uh, situations that require quick decisions, of course. Quick response where life is threatened or life can be saved, of course. That's not what I'm talking about here. However, outside of such situations, perhaps patience is to be applauded. Perhaps it is when we know how to wait patiently that one can become aware of what God is trying to do in that person's life or our life or even in our world. Going back to the parable, the landowner, the homeowner in the parable is telling his servants that while immediate action may be more gratifying, it is not the way to go about it. If we reflect honestly, we would understand that our Lord has been most patient and lenient with each one of us. People often have taken advantage of the Lord's patience, of our Lord's leniency, of our Lord's generosity, expecting God to look the other way, as it were, when we fail. As if we learn anything from that. One of the teachings extracted from the parable teaches us to stand back from the culture mentality of right now and to punish right now. And it tells us to have the wisdom to differentiate between what is valuable and what is destructive. Certainly giving in uh, to the desire for instant gratification will likely result in harmful things. Perhaps the Lord is saying better to slow down, better to wait. And friends, at this stage in my life, I have come to realize spiritually that I am the only one who cause harm to myself now. Yes, you could beat me up. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the spiritual harm. People tend well, that priest did that, and now I can't believe in No, 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 no. No, no, no. You don't believe in God because you choose not to believe in God. You choose not to 
be a Christian because you choose not to be a Christian. Stop blaming another person for that. I am the only one who can cause myself spiritual harm. All others would be more rightful to say I allowed them to do it, which I will not. Many Christians feel discouraged, harmed spiritually by the seeming pervasiveness of evil in the world or even when the church has failed in some way. In the first parable, Jesus warns us it will always be such. We are to have faith and patience. We are to respond to evil as our Lord did. He did so with love. He did so with hope. He did so with absolute confidence and faith in his Father. Christians are not to be distracted or move into despair when they encounter evil, but rather be... Huh? My friends, the thing that helps me a lot is, particularly in our world and its system, in this world, people can slip through the justice system. But no one, no one will be able to do that with God. The person who may cause me harm, I will let God handle it because there is no escaping God's mercy. There is no escaping his justice either. But he is very slow. You can be upset with him when you get to heaven, bring it up with him. You won't, though. <laughs> but I let him handle it. To the extent that I can stop another from doing evil without causing harm, so be it. So be it. But to use violence and evil against evil, absolutely not. Friends, it's been a little while since I've reminded you that God loves you. So as your pastor, I'm reminding you God loves you greatly. I love you to the best of my ability as a human <laughs> and as your pastor, and I'm growing in that all the time. My friends, I want to remind you that based on the scriptures that God loves us always and that you cannot, you cannot, you do not have the power to make him stop loving you because it is what he does. But... We can displease him greatly. And based on the scriptures, he sends many warnings to each of us about our ways. Many warnings. Because as I told you in my homily, his judgment is final. And there's no going back on it. So he sends his warnings, not in hatred, but out of love for you so that you will change your ways, that you may spend eternity with him. That is his dream, if you will. That is his desire. Let us give an eternity with him. Go and be like your heavenly father. Be patient. Be loving. Be merciful for us. Amen?